Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Kevin, what do you remember about the Jacob Hester incident? The Jacob Hester incident. So the I I recall this as the I, the way I tell it when I when I regale people uh, at at bars and you know when I'm on stage delivering keynote addresses is the Jacob Hester memorial table story. So uh, Jacob Hester, as everybody knows, was a a very prominent. Um, running back who played for LSU back in the day, then went on to have a career with the chargers and, uh, and the Broncos. We tried, like we fought like hell to get him on this show this week. And, uh, he did not respond to my one and only Twitter DM. Um, however, the way that I remember it is we were playing NCAA EA sports, NCAA football against one another I remember I drove, it was a game winning drive. You had held the ball for most of the game and it was maybe, it had to have been like, you know, a, a 13 to six game or something like that. All, all I remember is I needed a touchdown to win the game. And uh, it was in the final seconds and there was this play where Flynn would, uh, he would fake to one back and then Hester would run to the flat and he would, and then everybody would bite on the fake. And then Flynn would throw it to Hester in the flat and it worked every time. It was good for like four or five yards. I was at the three yard line, run the bread and butter play. And uh, Hester, it, it hits off of his back and, and onto the ground. It hit his back. He didn't even turn his avatar. I should say, didn't even turn to, uh, to catch it, which disappointed me beyond belief at that time. I went into a blind rage and I have to back up because John Kim, who, who was a, a he, I don't know if he still takes photos for the Sun-Times, but we were both working for the Sun-Times at the time. And John Kim was kind enough to be like, hey, you guys are super poor. You probably need some furniture and gave us some Ikea furniture. And so I remember the Jacob Hester Memorial Table was a piece of Ikea furniture. It was a black, just standard, you know, kind of coffee table, or no, not even coffee table, it was a side table. And um, so Hester, ball hits Hester in the back, drops on the floor. And the first thing I notice is the, uh, the, the black Ikea side table that John Kim had, uh, had pity and given me. And so I stood up and I put my fist through the, <laughs> what would be known from then forward as the Jacob Hester Memorial Table. And because, because we, you know, we had no like pride of place or like, you know, <laughs> dignity or, or whatever, we were like, should we keep it? And we just kept it in the apartment, this broken table that I put my fist through. Thank you.
Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show. That was my friend Kevin. World friends from a newspaper job. He's sharing a tale of anger management and friendship. And the psychological hold EA Sports NCAA football video game had on his brain. How it affected his chemistry. We can laugh about it now. Because he's gotten the help he needs. Because there's a certain nostalgia that comes with misspent youth. We can reflect on the hours that turned days, the days that turned into weeks, the months that turned into years, all marked by mashing buttons, trying to lead fake football players to fake championships. It was just the best. Then it went away. They stopped making the game after 2013. Ed O'Bannon and an enlightenment in the name, image, and likeness department made its existence untenable. A funny thing happened, though. The passion stayed alive. People kept playing. Dan Katz, over at Barstool, he birthed Coach Duggs. A million people watched him play against a computer without waking the baby. Then earlier this week, everything changed with a five-word tweet from EA Sports. College football is coming back. Now, it could be years until we get a new edition. But that didn't stop an explosion of joy. It was transportive. I could feel the dip in my mouth. The uncomfortable and unclean futon of a college dorm. The distinct feeling of skipping my second class of the day to further my dynasty, to finally, finally lead Oregon State to glory. But why? Besides the obvious, what about this game brought about this reaction? Count and I knew who to call. Joe Cowley our former colleague at the Chicago Sun-Times. Joe is a columnist there who also covers video games. He was the commissioner of a legendary online league, featuring a who's who of sports media in the market. Playing in dynasty mode together online were radio hosts, television personalities, and more than one son of a certain fiery baseball manager. And everybody was getting really, really into it. It was a silly thing, but it was also this impressive thing. Wrangling an unruly bunch of egos and personalities, it's not easy. Insisting they recruit on time, sending out rankings. This guy was obsessed. Mm, Maybe he still is. How did he process this monumental news? It, it was Christmas in, uh, what the hell month is it? February, the end of January, as far as I was concerned. Um, you know, I have, I always did the game reviews and all that stuff. And, and uh, I talked to those college guys every year um, when the game was at its, at its fullest. And then even when it broke up, I was still talking to a couple of those guys and they're like, you know, they, I, I was, I was hoping that they were, they would ride out the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit and kind of keep the department together. 
But when they told me that the, the EA sports broke the department up completely, I kind of thought we'd never see it again. And yeah. they were so fearful of a lawsuit of a major lawsuit um, that they didn't want any department still existing. They wanted to bury all tracks. So for, I kind of forgot about it. And then, cause I didn't think it was going to happen. We always hold a lot of hope that it was going to happen. ESPN put it across the ticker. And to me, it should have been a breaking news thing across the bottom because to, that's how big I think it was to not only me, but I think to the gaming world, this gaming sports world that loves that game. What about the game was so attractive to you? Why that game? Um, well, I think the, the Bill Walsh thing hooked me just because we'd all been playing these pro guys, even in Tech Mobile, you were playing Unstoppable Bo Jackson and blocking every extra point with Lawrence Taylor and, you know, the Houston offense with Ernest Givens and Warren Moon was unstoppable. So we all went through that. But if you're a college football guy, which you guys were, and I think everyone that was kind of in that league that we had um, loved Saturdays. Um, you, you were, there was something kind of missing from your game, your sports game. And when Walsh came out to have like, you know, the old Miami teams with Michael Irvin and all those guys and the FSU teams with all those great FSU guys um, kind of hooked you. But then to be able – then remember then the game had actual sanctions. A couple of years later, they start putting NCAA sanctions in it, and they took them out. They only did it for like two years because the NCAA guy – I did a big story on the, the guys. I was like, why did you guys take that out? They're like, you know how much pressure we got from the NCAA saying, we gave you the right to do this game, and you guys are glorifying the sanctions that teams could get hit with? If it's in the game. If it's in the game, it's in the game. You're right. So they took it out, and I was always hoping they'd put it back in because I think – that would add a, a different dimension to it where you would have uh, some things that are out of your control happen, which I think is as realistic as it gets in sports on every level, not just college. You always have things happen that you don't foresee that you have to prepare for. Um, so I thought that was fantastic. And then to actually be able to have this experience with eight to 10 buddies and you're all doing the same thing and fighting for the same thing, is fantastic it'd be one thing if it was our little weird group that was this cult following but it's not i mean when you see espn do a story on these guys that are still refreshing the the rosters every year because we would we wouldn't do that we would go online and we download it because there was people that were crazy enough to put all the names of all the players and every team and so we would go and just download that every year and god bless those guys for adding some some even more reality to the game um, but you still have guys that are playing that and doing that to this day. That's commitment. I mean, I feel like a flunky when you, when you hear stuff about, you know, those guys still keeping this thing alive. It took an extraordinary amount of uh, wrangling and organization. Um, anybody who's ever run a fantasy football league knows how annoying it can be to make sure everybody pays. Everybody does the things, you know, as commissioner, you got to deal with trades and stuff like that. Right. What did you get out of, of running that league. I just believe in a brotherhood of, of, of getting guys together to do stuff like that. Because to me, that is a dying essence in society where a bunch of dudes can't get together and just be bros. Growing up in Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland's kind of a different feel of the rest of Ohio. As you guys know, you're Midwest guys. And the group of guys I grew up with, the neighborhood I grew up in, it, it, it was ball busting, trash talking to the extreme, just 
endless. To this day, we still do it. And when I moved to Chicago, I figured, oh, Chicago would be like that too. And it really wasn't. I, a lot of the people I originally you know, first hung out with, they didn't, you know. So to get a, a bunch of guys together that kind of embraced it and took it and liked it and actually enjoyed seeing the rankings from week to week, even if it was slams on them. Um, and the Gians used to get fired up. I remember they would get pissed. They would send stuff back and try, and this the week I'm going to beat you. And they had no chance, but um, I mean, I don't know. I, I like that stuff. It reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of something uh, um, not primal, but something that just feels good about getting a bunch of dudes together and just doing a dude thing. And then acting like a bunch of goofy dudes after the other thing too, at the end of the day, I like to compete. And in any, anything, any way, you know, my wife, you know, she'll see me come home from, you know, pick up basketball and I'm limping. She's like, why are you still doing this at 52? And I'm like, I, I, I just got to go out there and compete. I just need that. If I don't have that at some point in the day, whether it's in journalism and writing and competing that way, or just um, coaching, you know, I got a middle son now and I co coach him in baseball and football and, I just, I, I just think there's something that is, um, that I, ha that feeds me with competition. And if I don't eat, uh, it feels like something's off. And so, um, NCAA was a great way to do that. And you brought up the nostalgia of it and, and it brings you back to your childhood of, of playing those kind of games with your buddies and, you know, the living room and trash talking each other before you had internet and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the other element too is growing up when Tecmo Bowl came out, playing you, you, each other in the living room at someone's house and trash talking and or playing late at night is was great. I mean, as a memory we all had. So to be able to do that on the internet and playing with guys that, you know, you're down in Florida, you're in Michigan now, and to be able to do that hundreds and hundreds and thousands of miles away is, is, is fantastic. So um, yeah, all of that, all of it, it feeds so many different things. It, 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 it just, um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious. I hope they do it right. Um, I'm worried about what the outcome is going to be for the athlete. Uh, Cause I've always thought the college guys should get paid in some capacity. And I would hope that this is a billion dollar industry. If they can't find a way to sprinkle money on these guys, then they're not doing them justice. And that to me, they're just trying to do things underhanded. I'll still play it, but um, I, I would feel much better about the game, the company and the ethics. If they pay these guys, because I think they deserve to be paid um, and give them a little sprinkle, a little taste. I think it's just a better feeling for everybody than if that happens. There's one thing Joe didn't say. He was always the best player. He was a powerhouse. Almost unbeatable. But he was also the glue. I was too young to realize the public service he was doing. Breathing life into those post-work nights when I had nothing better to do. He was building something out of polygons but it meant a lot more in, in real life. Jason Goff was a member of the league. He does Bulls pre and post game for NBC Chicago. He seemed more attuned to the specialness of the league than I did at the time. And like Kali, 
He was overjoyed by the news. So the community that we were in when it came to that game, like there are people from all over the country and Cali brought us all together. And it's crazy because this year, this last year with COVID and all the, you know, the, the, the social unrest and the civil unrest and all the other stuff that was going on. The only thing, well, not the only thing, because everything kept me inside, but like the thing that kept me sane was Call of Duty and playing it with my friends, right? And, and I thought about it and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago with one of my boys. I was like, dude, I haven't done this since we played college football uh, back in the day with a whole bunch of media cats. And it was that same kind of vibe of like, all right, there's something that I can still be a kid about and get away from stuff and have fun and compete and do all the grown up stuff with the grown up people. So, you know, the, the, the evolution of video games is hilarious because as soon as I saw that news and also the rollout, like the screenshot and just the EA and college football is coming back. I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, here we go. Those moments, like video games pick us up and drop us off in our childhood. And we just, we play more advanced games and the graphics and everything gets better. But, you know, double arch rivals turned into double dribble, turned into Bulls versus Blazers, Bulls versus Lakers, turned into NBA 2K. Like, it just, you know, you just pick up where you left off somewhere in your childhood. And the difference for me was it, was, it wasn't Madden, right? And I put time into college. Like, I used to go get the Athlon sports books and put in the two deeps for the top 25 college football teams and all of the Big Ten teams. Because I had, you know, I wasn't going to play with the running back 41, right? Like, I wanted to know that I was Travis Prentice. Or, you know what I'm saying? So, that, like, that, putting that into it, right? And now kids can just click a downloadable roster and just slide it in there. So, it's like... The video, like the, the evolution as you grow as a person, as a dude, as a girl, whoever kind of gamer you are, like the game grows with you. And then you can look back on it like, man, look at that peasant gaming that I used to engage in. And now everything's crazy. Hearing you say that kind of sparks an idea where I think we're about the same age and we grew up playing Tecmo Bowl and <laughs> or RBI baseball. And I would keep my stats by hand. Yes, I would write it down in a notebook so I would have my rushing leaders or I would yes. a 162 game season on RBI baseball and I'd be able to be like, oh man, Cecil Fielder hit 380 this year. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. What the college football game did for us was it kind of allowed us to go back to that analog days of, of, of doing the work on the back end ourselves of, right. of making that person kind of doing like making ourselves work for the pleasure and then being able to be rewarded by us by keeping all our stats and putting us in a Heisman run uh, the dynasty. It was kind of, it kind of was able to bridge both things because it was extremely lo-fi on the, on the back end of getting it. You know, you, you know, you pay $15 to someone in, in Chechnya or right. you're getting, <laughs> then you're getting the book. And once you had it, it was like all systems go. And, and you right. could, it was kind of like, streaming on netflix where you could just eight hours could disappear before you knew it take me back to your infancy playing the game do you remember how you started playing and kind of like what what station in life you were at i bought the game i, I went to walgreens got myself an athlon you know season preview and i sat there and i was like am i really gonna do this but i was like yeah this is what i'm this is why i, I do it right and it was just you know it wasn't mad 
So I was, it, that part was awesome. And I had never, like, it took me a long time to appreciate the pageantry of college football as a kid. Like I was a Michigan fan as a kid and I was, and I watched big 10 games. But I was a heavy Michigan fan, but it was basketball and some football. Right. And as basketball and football, you know, the fab five and Desmond Howard and all those dudes are on the campus at the same time. I'm like, Oh, Michigan's cool. So when the game, you know, four or five years later, when the game rolls out, I'm steeped in, okay, I I'm, I'm about college football and Michigan and all this other stuff. And then you take a look at it and you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is like what happens. This is, you know, you got to recruit, you know, and I don't like to simulate anything. So I wanted to go through it all step by step. And, you know, you look at all these games now with all the, the career modes and the, the franchise modes, that was the start. Like that game was the start of all that because you could go 10, 11 years deep and, and you could also graduate it to the Madden game. So it was like the connection, like they were pretty much, you know, all right, every year take $120 of my money. Cause I'm gonna buy Madden and I'm buy college football. So yeah. And like I said, EA was on a crazy run with fight night and MVP baseball and, and then the college football came out. So I got it every single year too every year like it's so bad i think the denard robinson game was the last one if i'm not mistaken i tried to fire that up a, a couple of years ago and uh that didn't work out too well for me so um yeah the game the game has been the game has been a, a cool little part right because it's not it's not mario brothers it's not like some of these super iconic titles that um everyone knows about you know, the casuals, the hardcore gamers, but it's that nice little, uh, the Venn diagram of casuals and hardcore gamers right there in the middle, like college football was a good run. Like what 2K is to people now, that's what college football was to me. One of the most helpful responses to EA Sports' announcement came via Peter Burns of the SEC Network. He took to Twitter to ask what new features the game should implement when it does make its triumphant return. The responses were illuminating and they ranged from the very plausible to the mildly insane. Tell me about Peter Burns, the video game player. Um, there's Peter Burns, who's a normal media member, sports fan, and then there's a whole different level of the NCAA college football loving Peter Burns. And that guy is crazy because that's the guy that would have 10 year dynasties recruit, um, you know, back to back Heisman trophy winners and would register to Heisman winner back in the day. Like, you know, growing up, I love gaming, um, huge gamer growing up. And now the opportunity, you know, when I saw NCAA football was coming back, I'm like, this gives me a chance to rebuild those memories that I had. And I think it, it just, it was at a part of my life right out of college where I'm like, I needed something. And NCAA football was, was that void for me. And it, it just, it was special right out of college. The first paycheck I ever got, I bought myself, I think a PlayStation two. And I was like, all right, I'm buying this. I'm getting into the games again, as I grew up gaming and that was right like July. And remember, college football would always drop like mid-July. And I just got hooked on it. And it became a part where every single year before I got into media, I would actually take the day off on release dates 
just so I could like spend the entire day like and it was like you would unwrap it slow you would watch the whole intro slow like all of it it was like there was something special about unwrapping NCAA football every single year to see what was new and what was different you're exactly right it 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 did conjure up being a kid uh, when you stopped being excited about Christmas and, and getting birthday presents. There was still something about that day. It's so funny that you, you, you peg it in the middle of July. I remember it was usually July 11th or July 12th and you would yeah. circle it on the calendar. And I felt like the entire first part of summer was kind of like a preamble to that day where everything was going to change. Uh, and especially being in college, when it when it came out on that day, it meant that returning to campus was right around the corner. So I think that it it kind of built up, you know, it, by no accident, it built up anticipation for the college football season. Yeah, and I think what it was, like you're right, it was one of those like you know Pavlovian responses where all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, football season's right around. Like it's it's like officially time to turn my brain on to reading the magazines and going on the message boards and. You know, this is pre-social media when it first came out and started playing it. And it was your way to kind of like, you know, all right, we're going to wet the whistle a little bit and get ready for the season. And, you know, and, and things change as far as life. Like, I mean, you hear me now. I'm at the gym working out because I'm an old man with two kids, right? Probably hear the club music in the background. Um, and now I looked at it when I saw the news that it was coming out. I'm like, how am I going to prioritize my time and my life when this thing eventually comes out? Because I'm like, I cannot wait because it's a way for so many football fans now to live the dream of actually winning a title because it's really become a one percenter sport, Kyle. I mean, I feel like there's only maybe 10 fan bases that feel like they have a shot. And NCAA football always gave 120 some odd teams, hey, you had that opportunity to win a national title. You tweeted out after the news came out that asking people what they wanted to see that wasn't around in 2014. What type of response did you get from that? And, and, and did anybody have any particularly good ideas? No, it was crazy. You know, and I kind of built it. I'm going to take a look at my Twitter account to see um, about how, you know, what some of the responses were, but you know, my first one was like, all right, the two non-negotiables that you have to have obviously are the college football playoff. You know, you didn't have that last time we were around and the transfer portal. And I'm like, what else do we need to see? Um, and I mean, just the amount of, of, you know, decommitments from recruits, uh, guys opting out, you know, coaching carousels, um, you know, fundraising to build new uh, football facilities and how much that's going to help, um, you know, putting uh, recruits, uh, you know, paying them money in McDonald's trash bags, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm curious too, Kyle, about, you know, now that it's probably not going to be NCAA football, I thought it was when EA Sports said it's college football is back, it made it sound as if there's not going to be an NCAA, quote, relationship, which I kind of wonder, does it lean itself more towards things that they couldn't do back in the day? You know, like, hey, can all of a sudden a team get put on probation if you're a little shady in recruiting? Like, how in the game do you really want to be if you're EA Sports? You're you're exactly right. I, I think that the possibilities are are of kind of having a more pirate ship, uh, a grittier game, kind of a Grand Theft Auto theme to it is is something that is kind of like spectacular to behold. Um, and I mean, I, that'd I be the most realistic version, right? I mean, like if if I mean college football is grimy. There's a lot of 
sticky parts to it. And yes, we love the, 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 you know, the pride and, you know, the pomp and circumstance behind in the pageantry, but there's a lot of that little gray area that kind of runs college football that I wonder if they'll play a little bit of part of that, or they're just going to say, Hey, we're going to keep this, you know, nice and simple and, uh, and, and just create a college football game. The biggest thing I'm trying to figure out is outside of the obvious that it was a great game that we have all this time equity and memories of uh, building these dynasties and creating ourselves and winning Heisman's and, and all these things. I'm really trying to figure out why this game has connected with such a wide group of people for so long. Um, I, I, I'm curious because I haven't played it regularly for four or five years, but when the news came out, it was as if like my entire world had changed and I was trying to go back and remembering this time in my life that I think so fondly of. So do you have any thoughts about why this game in particular has such a connection with the public? Um, I think, uh, you know, two things. One, I'll, I'll, I'll start with why it pops so much now is that, you know, we're so used to having everything at our fingertips and on demand, whether it be Netflix or Amazon, something to our door in two days. Very rarely do we not have something available to us and we haven't had this game. So I think it was kind of that stolen part of our childhood that it's like all of a sudden it's coming back. And so I think there's some nostalgia when we look at this, that all of a sudden creates more interest, right? Like, I think I loved the game growing up, but do I love it as much as I think I loved it? I'm not sure. You know, that's like when you go buy an old Nintendo or Super Nintendo and you play the old games, you're like, oh man, this is the greatest thing. And you play it for like a week and a half and you're like, okay, it's really not as great as I remembered it when I was 12 or 14 years old. Um, I think that's part of it. Um, And I also think, again, going back to the conversation of, the sport of college football does not lend itself to a lot of contenders. And I vaguely, you know, remember when I got really into it was probably like around, I want to say 2000, 2002. Well, at that point, LSU football, which I'm a diehard fan of them from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, had not won a national championship since 1958, right? It was a program that was up and coming. It was a program that Nick Saban had just took over and it allowed me to kind of take that one next step and kind of like, all right, Here's how it looks like. LSU had a top five recruiting class. Wow, we haven't had that in a while. Wow, we've got 100,000. I just had, you know, Florida, who was great back in the day, come into LSU and I beat them. That never happens. All right, that was huge. Oh, I got invited to the BCS National Championship. This is crazy. So I think it allowed so many fans to live that pipe dream that, frankly, it's kind of like, you know, a video game lottery ticket that's not available in actual college football here in 2021 well and i also think in closing too i think it's going to help people understand the game more i mean think about how many young guys have played madden and understand a little bit more what a cover two is or a robber or something like that you know the terminology and they understand the game more where we haven't had that in college um and i think that's really going to be up to ea sports is going to be cool like you know the rpos and how is that going to work and the new playbooks and are you hiring an offensive-minded coach or a defensive-minded coach and college playoff committee? And did you do enough style points and the scheduling? Like, I just want to be, I mean, you and I, we need to just go ahead and just offer our services up to EA Sports and be like, just take me, like, I'm here, whatever you need. I'll do it pro bono. Let's just give me a copy of the game. That's all I want. Peter may not have been serious, but I am. I'll 
I'll literally do anything within legality to be a part of this game. Or you could take the actual broadcaster, I guess. It seems like an easy choice. Hey, so um, have you ever noticed how many popular podcasters right now are talking about their daughter's soccer game at the end of things? Here's one of those things. Some of my favorite memories growing up in the Chicago suburbs revolved around soccer. Every weekend in the fall and spring, I'd climb into the front seat of my dad's Acura, and we'd drive to some far-flung suburb I never knew existed. I don't remember most of the games that I played as a member of the Fox Valley Strikers Soccer Club, but I remember those drives there and back. We would listen to tapes of Paul Simon, The Cars, Dire Straits. My dad would occasionally tell stories about his youth. He'd ask about my life, which probably felt more like an interrogation at the time. Or we'd sit in silence, taking in the endless flat terrain and odd billboard that Northern Illinois had to offer on our route. Those memories played in heavy rotation this week as we prepared for my four-year-old daughter's first soccer practice. I'm helping coach her squad, which is populated with nine of the most enthusiastic and energetic toddlers you could ever hope to meet. At this age, the gameplay doesn't exactly resemble the beautiful game that we watched together when the U.S. women's national team won the 2019 World Cup still. It was fun to watch them negotiate cones while dribbling and taking turns shooting on an unguarded net. My daughter was having a blast until it came time to scrimmage. That's when all hell broke loose and she was lost in the swarm. She broke down in tears and spent most of the rest of the practice clinging tightly to my leg. I was reminded in this moment that I needed to tread lightly, that even the best-intentioned parents can ruin it for kids. I remember one such instance with a team we played against that hailed from a northwest suburb. Their coach's entire game plan consisted of standing on the sidelines yelling, Pass the ball to Carlos! He will score! To the coach's credit, he was right. Carlos was an 11-year-old god of the pitch who tortured us twice a season and stood as our greatest impediment come tournament time. Summer's meltdown also made me wary of how fragile a child's relationship to sports can be. I imagine that the adults who were once Carlos's teammates probably think that soccer kind of sucks now. Sports in America are often thought of in the commercial sense, but it's important to remember that the vast majority of sports are not played at a professional or even collegiate level. Given the level of celebrities of some of these pros, it's easy to forget that most sports happen while no one is watching besides the athletes themselves and maybe a parent or two. So why do we do it? For fun? Absolutely. Is it because secretly deep down I want my daughter to be the next Megan Rapino? Okay, maybe. Or is it because I want her to have the same opportunity that I had to learn cooperation, teamwork, and maybe make some great friends along the way? Man, I hope so. When we start to view sports as a construct and a framework through which we may bond and connect with other people, we can fall in love with them all over again. When I think of my experience in youth sports, I don't see a ball or a field or the trophies we lost to Carlos. I see my dad at the wheel, and I'm sitting in the front seat wondering what the hell he's thinking about. I think I finally know, and it's an honor to pay it forward. The Kyle Coster Show is written by me, Kyle Coster, and my friend Kevin. It is produced by Sean Daly, art by Kevin Gomez.
if you've made it this far, God bless you. Thank you so much for your travels. You're a true hero uh, in, in the fashion of Magellan. I, won't, I don't even need to say anything. The big lead or uh, Minute Media. All right, cool.